1: I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is created, the Gadigal and Bidjigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to the Ash London Podcast. Every week I'll be chatting to guests who have entertained, inspired, educated, brought hope or just distracted us in recent crazy times as we ask the question, how do we keep living our best lives when the world around us kind of feels like it's imploding? Today's episode is sponsored by Bliss, spelled B-L-Y-S. They offer in-home massage, beauty, and wellness. Now, what do I think these guys are the perfect partners for this potty? Well, I think that self-care plays a huge role when it comes to living your best life. And I think self-care shouldn't be this like one-off treat or something you save for a special occasion. It should be something that... You make a point of making part of your routine. Now, I used this service this week for a massage and turned my home office, where I am right now, into a day spa. And it was so nice to have the massage come to me, which is extra helpful when you're busy or you have a six-week-old baby like me, or maybe you just hate trying to find a park. (laughs) Side note, they do nails, facials, and makeup, and hairstyling as well. What a time to be alive. Bliss is self-care your way. You can check him out at getbliss.com.au. And for your chance to score a $200 voucher for you and a friend, head on over to my Instagram at ash underscore London. Well, welcome to our first ever Thursday episode. I wanted to keep making the mum content, obviously, but I knew that there was so much more for me to talk about outside of mum life. Obviously, I've only been a mum for like seven weeks and I've been a human being for 35 years, which brings us here today to Thursday. So just to clarify, Tuesday, we'll be talking about living our best mum lives and Thursday, we'll be talking about living our best lives chat to people who might help us figure it out. It's pretty much an excuse for me to just talk to people I love from all around the world who are doing stuff that I admire. And some of the guests that we have planned for this season are pretty freaking exciting, Um, including today. I guess you could say that today's guest and I were competitors, given that we both hosted radio shows on opposing networks. But there's never really been anything but love between me and PJ. Real name Polly Harding, this superstar of Kiwi Radio, crossed the ditch in 2018 to take on Melbourne Breakfast Radio as half of the show, Jason PJ. Now in radio, it's very rare to choose to walk away from a show that's working, paying you well, that you're enjoying. But 2020 and 2021 were a beast and forced PJ to really evaluate her life and figure out what she wanted, what would make her happy and what she had to do. I love, and I mean, I love this woman. Welcome to the Ash London Podcast, Holly PJ Hardy.
0: I'm so nervous to talk now because it was like a living, right? Like I was talking shit professionally and I haven't for a few months. I'm like, can I still talk?
1: You can. can, you still can, but I know what you mean. It's because for so long, both of us were paid to talk and how that really does kind of change your relationship with the art of conversation and really how you kind of approach it. So when we go back to the start for you, you were like, what, 20 kind of when you got into radio as as an intern. So talk to me about your first experience in a radio station.
0: Yeah, so I finished up broadcasting school. Um And that was the beginning of 2011 and then I went to do my internship at the radio station ZM in Auckland, which was so exciting. Like to be able to go to the big city and do an internship was epic. Um, And there were actually a few of us who got placed, but I was like quite annoying to the bosses and I was like, hey, I just really want to be on air. If any opportunities come up, let me know. Yeah. And the night show host was a guy at the time and they wanted to sort of incorporate entertainment news. <laughs> oh, get the
1: girl in to do the entertainment
0: news. We've all been there, babe. And I was never a gossipy person. Again, you and I, I think I just I I did not really get into the salacious yeah. nature of that kind of thing. So it was kind of new to me, but I was like, cool, challenge accepted, let's just do this. And um, it ended up being really, really fun. Like what an mm. opportunity. And I ended up starting to become full-on co-host with The Night Show.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And then, yeah, I was on Night Show for a few years. Then I did Days for, like, a year. Then I did News on Drive. News, Um, like full-on news reading. (laughs) Yes. Isn't that concerning? Is that not concerning that I was reading the news? I mean,
1: that's a pretty fair indication of how seriously commercial radio, for the (laughs) better part, like, treats news. Yeah but that's a whole nother story. Well, let's go. I want to talk about nights because I guess we both started in nights and it really is unlike any other day part because I think people think about breakfast, yeah, early mornings, yada, Mm. yada, yada, but nights takes over your life more than anything because you're getting to work in the daytime and you're staying until everyone's gone to bed and at one point your friends just really stop inviting you out. Like you just have no life and that, that was me for kind of, six years. So did you find that you're in your twenties and everyone's living and you're just working? Yeah.
0: Yes. And I think initially there's like, Oh cool. Like you're not doing the nine to five. It's different. But as you say, like, it's really isolating. And at a time of my life that was actually, you know, everyone was really social and stuff. You're kind of having to make a lot of sacrifices because at nighttime (laughs) you're working. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I probably did find that kind of isolating at times, um, but at the same time, like it was still quite exciting, you know, like um, you, you get your kebabs for dinner. Like it was not a sustainable lifestyle <sighs> no. for that long, but it was fun while it lasted. I ate so much shit on nights. <laughs> same. Because you get tired and you're trying to stay awake and yes. you're drinking coffee yes. and shitty food. And, and you're not bringing
1: yeah. dinner in. No one is prepping dinner and bringing
0: it in for a night show as if. And I think the thing is also with a night show, I think any show like later in the day, the reality is you wake up and you're thinking about it. It's so true. Work starts the minute you
1: wake up and doesn't end until midnight.
0: Yeah, exactly. So Whereas true. the beauty of breakfast, and yes, there are downsides to rookie, but you do get to do it first thing yeah. in the day. So you don't ruminate on it as much it's building true. up to it.
1: And how good is the feeling when you do break? And I needed breakfast less than a year, but at like, you know, 10 or 11 or whenever it is that you finished walking out and you like the day's <laughs> starting, but I'm done. I
0: am done. Do, do you know what's a miracle? I like didn't have more car crashes during that time. <laughs> like Getting in the car. Yeah. I was like, I was a liability on the road. Oh um, yeah. Like
1: you don't remember how you got to work. Yeah. Yes. I once got pulled over by a policeman on my way to do a <laughs> breakfast show. I did my lights on because I was so tired. I said, I'm so sorry. I'm going to work. And he's like, what are you doing for work? I said, oh, I host today for him breakfast. And he was like, oh, that's a cool job. Okay, well, obviously you're just tired. Just turn your lights on and let this be a lesson from now on. I was like, thanks, mate. And, I, you know, like I literally had driven for six minutes with no lights on because I was just like, you get in the car, you go, you go to work, you get your coffee, you, you start the routine." But it
0: becomes your new normal. And, so and it true. does. Like people say you just kind of get used to it. And you do get used to it. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's easier. Totally. It just becomes that kind of new um yeah, that kind of new normal where you're just constantly delayed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I've always said the drive is the ultimate
1: because it's kind of the beautiful mix of Yes. Like you can have a life, but you still, you know, like can sleep in. So your first drive shift was with Jace, yeah.
0: Yep, so that was in 2015. Okay, and so you would have Um, been what,
1: like 25 or
0: something? 25. That's young,
1: dude, to do a bloody drive show. That's a lot of of pressure for someone young, man.
0: Yeah, and I think once I started doing drive, that was when personally I started sharing a lot more, which on the radio up until then I hadn't really done as much. Like I'd always... Been you know, music, gossip, everything else apart from me. And, like, I'd have a laugh at myself, but I probably didn't go as deep in terms of my vulnerability as I did until 2015. Gotcha. Um, I look back, it's also where I learned the most and started getting, as like, more confidence yeah. in myself that I could do that job.
1: This happens so often in radio, this kind of arranged marriage idea whereby... You know, in a dream world, you meet someone that you really get along with and you do a radio show together and you live your life in each other's pockets and it works out really well. But that never happens. Inevitably, some man in a suit decides that you'll work really well with this person and you get thrown into this relationship. And I think we've both been, I'm reading from the outside, we've both been pretty lucky in this respect. What's happened to me, I've genuinely loved and respected the, the person that I've worked with. What was it like yeah. for you and Jace? How, how much relationship did you have before you were Jace and PJ?
0: Yeah, very little. And like, it was it was so risky going mm. into that. But basically our boss, uh, who is Gemma, um, who's been your boss as well, um, she knew Jace and she was like, I can just see you guys working together. So basically teed us up. Um, after we'd done like a demo, we were like, "Okay, the chemistry is there." Even though Jason and I were not entirely sold, we we're like, "Oh." Before
1: you go on, we need to tell people listening about the demo because that is, oh. it is <laughs> like when bosses want to see if you have chemistry with someone, they throw you into yep. a studio, they tell you to prepare yes. a personal rave and a phone topic,
0: yes, and there's all this pressure, <laughs> yes.
1: and you walk in trying to force chemistry. And it inevitably, like, you never do a great job, I don't think. Would you agree?
0: Oh, I think so. But I to be fair, our first time we did it, we were actually like, hey, there's definitely something there. Yeah, you and felt it, the vibe. It felt fun. There were moments I was really out of my comfort zone, but I was like, oh, this this could
1: work. Yeah, it's good. Second yeah.
0: time, we we're in a hurry and um, we were like, oh, that yeah. was not right. <laughs> we're not gonna get the job. Like, it's not gonna work. And then they were like, we loved it. You guys are. Going to do our drive show next year, and Shivers. you know, I think yes, like we had the chemistry from the get go, but it was also working at our relationship, like a marriage, mm. and I think that was that was a really important factor of staying sane, and that involved uncomfortable conversations, and it involved establishing boundaries, and yeah. um yeah, I think that was sort of the perfect cocktail of what actually made it work. Yeah, um, it was the chemistry the willingness to be open and also setting that boundary of like where you're not comfortable going. Totally. Yeah, but I feel so lucky and it's really weird coming out of that on-air marriage. I'm almost like I've come out of a real marriage and I'm like, what is my identity? Well, kind of, because so much of my identity over like the last six, seven years has been that show and it's been, you know, so much... Um, it's been based on my relationship with Jess yeah. and how I react and how we react, and so moving forward, I'm like, who am I? I really had to go to a dark place in a way. Yeah, oh, we'll, we'll, of- go,
1: we'll get into that, poly party, <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> But there's one thing I do want to discuss because I had the same experiences when I started and I was put with Angus O'Loughlin who turned out to be, you know, my best mate. And it worked, like you, worked really well. But he had so much radio experience. He'd been doing it for kind of, I guess at that point, like seven, eight years. He'd done regional radio all around Australia. He'd done the night show. I had never done radio before. So I was coming into this super fresh with someone who really knew what they were doing. Now you had experience but – Mm. I mean, Jace, who we knew was Labby back in Australia at the time, had been on the radio forever. So was there ever part of you that deferred to him or felt like he was the one that was kind of leading this and you were a passenger? And I'm not saying he decided that, or that's
0: from him, but from you? Oh, 100%. Like, that's really interesting, actually. We were in quite a similar situation because, yeah, I'd been on the radio, but I hadn't been in a – Personality show. I did not have nearly the experience he had, and so yeah, he definitely led the way. And my God, he taught me so much. Yeah. Um, and and you really have to trust them. Hey, eh? like you have totally. to fully trust. I think trust is such an important part of an oni relationship. And you know, there were things that I would not normally do. But we did, and we noticed over time that as a partnership was so much stronger because we were doing them together. Um, So, yeah, um, I definitely – and I think over the years, like he was definitely leading that chef at the beginning, but over time, you know, that maybe balanced out a little bit more.
1: Totally. Me and Angus – Angus once said to me, I think it was when I left um, our show – he said, "I feel like I made you a better broadcaster, but you made me a better person." So I was the one oh who would be like, <laughs> yes. "Hey, mate, like your reaction there was a bit off. Like, let's talk about why you got so upset or why you threw your headphones at the wall because, you know, a grab wasn't right." Yes.
0: <laughs> I feel like maybe. Oh my God. A bit it's like we've been in the same fricking reality. <laughs> like that's exactly what Jay said. He's like Paige. You know, you may be a better person, and I think I've taught you a lot. And so true. And I think, yeah. And that is that beautiful symbiosis, Yeah, if that's the word. Something Where like you that. both get beneficial. Yeah. Um, you get that mutual kind of what is the word?
1: It's like I know exactly what you mean. Like a you're both yeah. feeding from each other in a really natural yes. way. But not many people yeah. on radio get that. Like I feel like no. mostly the stories we hear are. I bet you didn't know, but they actually hated each other the whole time. But that's, yes. why, that's why it worked so well. And I'm like, I could not work with someone I hated. Like that would, I just couldn't no. rock up to work every day with if I didn't genuinely respect the person I was working with. Yet some people, they go decades and then we find out afterwards I know. that they hated each other. I could never do that.
0: I find it interesting as well how people might have this idea that they'd work perfectly with someone because they get along so well with them yeah, um, in real life or whatever, and they really vibe, but then actually doing a radio show ends up being totally different. Totally. So sometimes it's sometimes hard to pick, I reckon. And then
1: there was the big move, which – I remember when it happened and everyone was going, how the hell is this going to work? This has never happened before, whereby <laughs> a show stay on air in New Zealand, but they're also going to do this thing in Australia. Did you feel mm. any of that pushback or any of that weirdness around, no one's done this, can we make this work? Or were you confident that like, nah, we'll, we'll rock this? I
0: think it was a combination of both. I think both Chase and I were like, what the hell? Uh, breakfast in Melbourne this was never predicted but at the same time we were both ready for a level up and yeah. we were ready for that challenge and I think our show was gaining momentum at the time that we were like actually hey this might fail but it might succeed yeah and I think we had to dive into the ladder and what do we have to lose particularly in my position like When would someone get that opportunity, you know, coming from New Zealand to be able to go to Australia? Like it was insane and it was terrifying. And I think we were – because obviously the media in Australia is more ruthless. (laughs) So it was kind of terrifying, but I think it bonded us more. And once we got there, we were like, we are in this together. It's us against the world. We're going to do it our way. We're going to have fun And do the show we want to do. And if they don't like it, they don't like it. But at least we put it on the table. Yeah.
1: But you'd come from New Zealand when people knew you, and there is that sense of comfort and your identity being PJ. And, you know, whether we want to admit it or not, of course we find comfort in the fact that we've got a cool job and we're F grade celebrities. And then you've come, (laughs) yeah, you've come to Australia where no one gives a shit and you have to prove yourself all over again. And it's a very competitive market. So how did you go tackling that? Were there moments of feeling like I don't know who I am anymore or I don't like being the new person, I want to go home where
0: people know I'm cool? You know what? I don't know. I obviously had the self-doubt at the beginning, but I just think we embraced it and we jumped on that wave. Mm. You know, it was so surreal seeing billboards around Melbourne. So like, weird. What the hell? I was like, At the time, this is this is so freaking cool though. And I think we had the support as well. And I think we just we we dived in. Look, I don't get me wrong, I my head can get the better of me, my thoughts like everyone can, but I think because it was just full noise, it was full on. It was like straight into breakfast show. We just were a team and it was us against the world.
1: You live in a bubble of all that matters is this radio show. And especially because of the hours, it's not like you're finishing work and then going out with your friends all day and living your life. No, you're exhausted, and especially when it's a new show, so it's not like you're walking
0: out at 9.05.
1: You're really putting in the hours. So it would have been a bubble for a while.
0: I think, you know, there was always going to be criticism, but what I just taught myself, I was like, don't read any of the comments. Don't don't, don't read the the comments. Don't, don't read the there.
1: comments. That guy, that guy is rule number one. He's sixty years old, and I don't think he's ever actually worked in commercial radio or had a girlfriend or maybe even had like a successful conversation with a female.
0: Good oh boy. So I yeah yeah people love to talk, and I think I remember Jace was like, "Well, Page, you've changed. Like you used to go down a hole of reading comments," <laughs> and he was like, "You don't really let that affect you," and I was like. I could, and there were moments that I would, but I just know that that's my day gone if I do that. So, So, yeah, I sort of set a roll. I was like, I'm just going to put that to the side. Yeah. They could say what they say, they could speculate. Let's just focus on what we're doing. Yeah.
1: And how did you go with surveys? So, for people that don't know the world of radio, I think it's eight times a year it rolls around, and it's the worst for breakfast because you have to go in and they come out at (laughs) nine o'clock when the show ends. (laughs) So the last yeah. hour, I mean, I did today FM breakfast, so, like, that was a whole nother kettle of stress. But that whole last hour you're, like, shitting your pants and your boss is yeah. walking past and you know that he or she has seen the ratings. You're trying to read their And you're their trying face. to read
0: their face. Like,
1: how much do they look like they want to jump off the world-famous rooftop today? Is it, okay, no. Oh. So how did you go with the, because it's, like, it changes every time, but really, <laughs> yeah. you know, we live or die by these things.
0: Yeah, we do. And I think obviously like as it was new, started getting into it. But then we started having surveys where, you know, we wouldn't see the results. But we in ourselves felt like we put forward our best foot. Yeah. So again, it came back to that kind of mentality of guys, if we're doing our best and we're doing the show we want to do, we know that we're getting the response from people listening to the show. You know, we're getting that interaction the end of the day, yes, the numbers matter. That's what earns money for the station. But for the core of our show, I don't think that was yeah. as important as it should have been, and maybe that's really bad to say.
1: <laughs> no, but I think I agree.
0: Because otherwise, if you're completely basing your mental state off that, yeah, then it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. But if you're here and you're like, look, I know I put up my best foot forward, then... Yeah, It's easier to do it.
1: And in the bigger picture, what did it look like for you? Because I've had to do this in my own career. The kind of life I've had to set up so that I can actually be happy and content in myself and sane when you really are existing in this kind of – false world. Like it's not a real mm-hmm. world, like real people don't yeah. fly over to Paris to interview Taylor Swift or do a phone call with Adele. You know, it's not real. Yeah. It's this kind of fabricated crazy life, which also has its really harsh downsides. So, you know, and and you were young when you started as well. And from the outset, I can kind of see what you had to do mm-hmm. to be happy and to be you. When did you start to know how to create that world for yourself and, and implement those things.
0: Um yeah, I just noticed that I was better on air. I was better to work with when I was taking care of myself. Mm. So, yeah, people who follow me may know that I've gone down some woo-woo weird holes, I've into, you know, some pretty interesting things, but to be honest, going to acupuncture, you know, learning that meditation course, um doing yoga, going for a run, whatever. And it would change all the time. I knew that consistently holding myself accountable um, was better for everyone around me. So, you know, I would have gone through a couple of trends, but I was constantly searching for ways for my brain to be able to deal with the fuckery that is (laughs) on the radio. And it's, you know, your constant highs. It's like, You you reach these highs doing the job Mm. that are not natural, no, and so naturally you you're gonna come down, right? So it's like finding ways to calm the nervous system, yeah, and deal with what you say is it's not entirely normal, no. So yeah, I think I got really strict on myself, particularly with Brighi, knowing that I'm a tired zombie and I could be a real little bitch. I I wasn't a savvy person, but when I'm yeah, tired, like naturally, totally. you get a little bit of course. So So, yeah, I think it. Life is full
1: of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com
0: because that discipline.
1: How did you maintain a respect for what you did when you kind of got more inward focused, more spiritual and I know you had an you know an experience of immense grief in 2019 with your dad. How do you yep. go through all that and have all of that happening internally but then still front up to work with a healthy respect for the fact that all we're doing is entertaining people here because I struggle with that a lot, which was like I'm yeah. discovering yes. all this stuff and I want to just get on air and Brene brown everyone's asses. <laughs> but instead Man. we're gonna we're gonna do alpha bucks instead. Like that was, you know, that
0: yeah. was a struggle for me. Yeah, and I think like when I was going through those really tough times, the radio show was actually an outlet and it was it was a fun zone. Yeah. And it was like, cool, we're just gonna have fun. So it actually became a bit of an escape. Awesome. And Jace was really, you know compassionate during that time where my dad passed away you know we got to the point that it was like right let's just have fun and I think that was a real buzzword for our show and like we had to be in the right headspace like you could plan the most amazing show right but if one of you is off if Mm. the vibe's not there then that's not gonna it's not gonna be executed like how you want it so that was why we'd have to have tough conversations sometimes but are like, hey, you are right. like what's going on am I doing something to annoy you and that would clear the energy and then mm. you'd be ready to go and you'd be back in that fun zone so as challenging as it was at times where you know that what you're doing is a little bit frivolous and yeah it's maybe not where you want to be at the same time you get the opportunity to put a smile on someone's face and you get to connect with someone who might have had a really tough day and I think we took that for granted. And yeah. you really forget how many people you actually get to connect with. So So true. yes, you might not be saving a life, but at the same time, I think we always underplay actually the impact that we could have. Totally.
1: I think I underestimated it until I left. And then when I left, I would get messages from people saying like, I feel like you are my friend. And like on the drive home from work every night, like I felt like I was hearing a friend. And that would make me cry every time because I was like, you forget that people in cars are actually listening to what you're doing because we're in this bubble, in this studio.
0: Did you find that when you're on air, you'd almost become desensitized to those comments? You'd be like, oh, that's really nice. Cute. Sometimes- right. Did whatever. you find that?
1: Totally. And then you leave and, and you're then like, was like, "This, I was making a difference in this life. They love me. They love me. They love- yeah, totally.
0: So this was another point I wanted to bring up actually because it is really interesting how, and it's not normal, how every day you're putting a your personality out there, right? And then you're waiting for a reaction from people and then you read the comments and then you get a hit of dopamine oh, yeah. and you're like, oh, my God. And then that becomes a daily habit. Oh, yeah. And I think I was like, this is not normal. Right. <laughs> so I think part of stepping away from my job, I was so adamant to completely strip myself of that and be like, hang on, this dopamine, constant dopamine kick that you're getting, which is dependent on other people's opinions, you need to step away from it. And I'm not saying that it's bad, but I just think if you become so, yeah, desensitized Mm. and dependent on that.
1: Everybody, I think, gets that from Instagram, right? It's the same
0: thing. Yeah, that's true. But it's that on steroids, I guess, because – these videos of you out there every single day, yeah, you know, and you start scrolling and then.
1: So you're living in Australia and everything's going great and you fall in love. Yeah. Which is always a wonderful thing. But I know that when I met Adrian, well, weirdly enough, I met Adrian a week after I started Ash London Live. So I was overseas. And same thing, Gemma, same boss, was like, why don't you come back and do a, a night show? And I was like, no, I don't want to do gossip. And then she said, do whatever you want. And I was like, okay. So I thought I'd fucked up my life because I couldn't get a job in London, couldn't get a visa. Come back to Australia, start Ash London Live, meet Adrian. Life turns out beautifully. So for me, falling mm-hmm. in love kind of worked beautiful, but it meant that I had to, I moved to Melbourne and really like my priorities changed straight away, as they do when, you know, it's not just some shitty two week romance. When you, I don't know about you, but I knew that. Fucking like hour I met yeah. Adrian. I was gonna marry him. So, yeah. how much did things change when you met and fell in love with the beach?
0: I'm just laughing because we actually have so many parallels <laughs> in our story. Are we the same so- person? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So um I actually met him. So I'd got my place in Richmond and Melbourne. I got the ready rental all ready to go. And then I came back to New Zealand for Christmas and um. New Year's just for one last derail with the mates before I went back. So I'm down in Wanaka in the South Island, and I meet BJ, and that was on the 29th of December. <laughs> and then I fly to Melbourne on like the third.
1: Oh my god! And
0: then yeah, so we basically kept in touch from the day I left, and then he flew over like two weeks ago. So, so I was in that 29th dying.
1: in that little period of four days. Had there been a romantic like we yeah okay so you'd hooked yeah. up it was like yeah. on for oh, okay.
0: yeah yes 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 and then his I heard his friends no they joking they're like oh we just gonna go visit <laughs> Melbourne and I was like oh, ah no surely and then we kept in touch like every day he came over and then literally Ash I was doing long distance yeah. from the get go and Jace had all these like great plans of setting me up <laughs> on the air like. <laughs> Local Albertians, radio fodder. No deal. I'm out. So like fifty percent of the planned show. That's
1: so funny. Oh gosh. Yeah. So was there fracks? I I would be frustrated if I was in your position. I'd be like, come on, universe. I'm setting myself up in another country. I've got the dream gig. I'm saving money. I've got a cute little apartment in Richmond.
0: Yeah. Of all the men in the world, I've met someone at home. A hundred percent. I was like, what? Are you joking? And mum says, apparently, when I came back from that holiday and I just met BJ, apparently I said to mum, mum, I've met the one. Apparently, I said that and I don't remember it. And that was Uh, before I went back. And that was like literally after a few days. Well,
1: you knew. But I think for people like us, it has to be like that.
0: Yeah. I initially was just like, right, let's just see where this goes. And then one thing led to another. And I was like, well, so be it. Yeah. Let's just. See where it goes and i'm so glad i did and i'm so glad i didn't resist against it good and you know you have you always have an ideal in your head how things are going to turn out but they never turn out no like they just
1: never. don't and yeah, we still make ideals about the we still of course. Like, <laughs> ignore reality and go this is how it's gonna and then once again the universe goes you don't know shit
0: Eh. the universe knows best and maybe it's to challenge you. Maybe Mm. it's for you to learn lessons or maybe it's, you know.
1: Who knows? So how long did you do the long distance thing for?
0: So I did that for three years or so.
1: It's a long time and I imagine that for most of that time you would have been fielding questions of, well, are you going to move there? Is he going to move here? What's the plan? Which isn't fun for you to have to answer that.
0: You know, for a while he was actually seriously considering going to Melbourne. The New Zealand farmer in Melbourne. <laughs> I know, well, become a builder or That's do something hard. like live that city life. Yeah. Uh, but then last year happened and shit hit the fan, and I was like, you know what? I know where I want to be. Yeah. And I want to talk
1: about that. I want to talk about 2020 because, I mean, I follow you on the gram and I felt for you, mate. I just feel like you lived in a hotel <laughs> quarantine for a year. <laughs>
0: But now I feel bad for everyone else. I'm, like, in this idyllic greenery, mm. green area, and I feel bad because I know what people are going through. But, yeah, yeah 2020, I mean, pff, it was an absolute clusterfuck for everyone. Yeah, 2021 times yeah. two. Like, it's just two years back to back. But everything got put in perspective for me. And I think deep down I knew that I was, like, I was—I knew I was in my dream like, job. I loved my job so much. I really did. But I think always deep down, I knew that there was something more and I didn't just want to be radio. Mm. And I started getting that nudge to come back. I just yeah. really, and it, it, the nudge got so big that I couldn't ignore it. And when I actually started entertaining, like leaving, that was hectic. Like yeah. it was just such a hectic process. Of Once you admitted to yourself as well. Yeah. Um, but I got to the point, you know, I was about six or seven months because Bede and I had done longer since, and normally we'd see each other every month and a half, yeah. two months max. So it'd have been about seven or eight months, Oof. I think. And um, and Dad had passed away the year before, mm. um, and you know, I just felt so far from home. And I was—I've always been a really family-oriented person. I yeah. love my family so much; <laughs> like, I'm a freak. Um, That's good, Beautiful. and I just. I just also, yeah, I wanted to be in a situation close to family, close to home, yeah. and even though I knew I was giving up this incredible job, mm. there was just something inside me that couldn't, I couldn't yeah. mute that. You can't mute you
1: know? it, yeah. And who was the first, apart from, like, obviously BJ or family, mm. who is the first person work-wise that you had that conversation with? Um, I mean, were you scared to tell Jace? Knowing that he loves you and would be supportive, it's still a shitty conversation to have.
0: Oh, very shitty conversation. Um, I think I was pretty transparent with him from the yeah. get go. Like, he knew how much I was struggling. And I think he recalls a moment where I was like, Josie, the only reason I'm staying right now is because of you. And yeah. I remember he was just like, oh, oh, I can't do this. <laughs> and I was like crying between songs. But then, oh, you know. Oh, no. It was, it was, there. yeah, it was freaking hard. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And so we were lucky, you know, like I had many conversations with him. And I think initially he was like, "Ah, oh, maybe she just needs to get home and her mind will change or whatever. Yeah. But my mind didn't change. Yeah. And I ended so you up did it.
1: it. You did it. I did it. And I'm, Oh, man. I mean, I did it twice. I left radio twice while I had a contract. And it was only because the first time, had worked out well for me that the second time around I it was it was um familiar like I had the nudge yeah. again got so strong that I just was like well you know, it was, you it, can't it know. was you can't know and it was easier the second time knowing that kind of you know life and also I got pregnant so it was like the universe was double telling me like like now is the time but was there any plan for you cuz for me and I know it's the same for you when you love communicating and talking and sharing and creating so much, you don't just turn that off. It's not like you go, I don't want to do radio anymore so I'm just going to go and be a no. hermit. Like You can't turn it off. It's an addiction and it's a passion and no. it's what we put on earth to do. So was yeah. there slash is there any plan or did you just really have to trust that the universe, whatever you want to call it, would nudge you again when it was time to get going?
0: Yeah, the latter, I think. Um, I keep saying the plan is to have a plan. And, like, yeah, I say that, but I probably deep down knew that really what I wanted to do was ground myself, base myself, like, get a really good anchor. Yeah. Make home really solid. Get this, the foundations of life in order, not just yeah. one area thriving in the other. So give everything else. Um, And then I knew down the track, like, whether it's a podcast Hmm. Hosting something I guess also just challenging myself and learning other skills as well yeah. and I don't know how that looks I don't know how that looks yet and I still don't know and I actually thought I'd know exactly what I'm doing by now but no, I don't no, no. and people keep asking <laughs> and there's been a couple there's been a couple of projects which have been postponed because of COVID yeah so um there are things in, well yeah there's something in the pipeline which is different and um, that's exciting but I think yeah I think it's kind of ingrained it's sort of in the blood that I know yeah. there will be I will be coming back yeah. to communicate in some way yeah. <laughs> because I just I need to and like I've noticed lately like you do you just start going a bit crazy
1: uh, totally
0: and I forget the buzz that it does give me like it it's really feels
1: at home
0: to be communicating and sharing and yeah
1: and what has building your foundations looked like?
0: Okay, so this is where the universe is so strange because I, I always wanted to run a retreat. That was my dream. I just always said I'm going to. And so I came back to VJ's um, farm. We were living in this little cottage and we were going to be there for a bit and down the track we were going to end up building. But this property sort of nearby, um, which has a river through it, it's got a couple oh. of paddocks, native push around it, um, ended up coming on the market uh at this perfect time once I'd actually been chatting to my family about like the benefits of getting something outside of the farm Mm. it was a real rigmarole like holy shit the things you learn when you purchase a property I didn't even it was not on it was not on my plan this year I did not think that was going to happen but it happened and I know that it was meant to and um, is that where you
1: are right now yeah
0: yeah it's so bougie like
1: I'm looking behind you it's beautiful oh my it's so much greenery.
0: there's there's just green everywhere and I just want to plant vegetables and I just want to be in control do you know because I think what we've learned over the last year or so we're so dependent on outsourcing I just want to be sustainable and I just want to have everything at our feet and I think yeah that's kind of where I'm here to go. I've done like a freaking crazy happy, but
1: no, I love it because there's always been that part of you, and that's grown over the past couple of years. And now it's like you make a tough decision, and then and then you live your your truth. And now you're like enjoying the benefits of that braveness.
0: You don't because look. What someone happened. said that you do. You do get reward. You get rewarded for taking the leap, eh? like. And I didn't really understand that. Until this popped up, and I was like, "Holy shit! The fruits have been so glad." (laughs) And and I think that comes down to just full um, surrender, and actually just trusting that, you know, making that leap, taking that jump, it will work out. And it's scary, man. It is so freaking scary, and I still don't know exactly what's going to happen next. But just take things day by day.
1: And lastly, what do you moving forward now? What do you want? to put out into the world like with Jason PJ it was fun and it was a distraction and it was a reminder of the good in life which like you yep. said is so noble but now that it's up to you and you're kind of in the driver's seat what do you for over the next you know, <gasps> years, decade like, if you could put anything out into the world as a legacy is such a lame word but you know what i mean what is it oh
0: shit i don't know i've been writing down on paper that's okay too <laughs> I'm like, how do I want people to feel? What do I want to create? And I think it keeps coming back to making people not feel alone. Um, uh, inspiring I mean, that in people. Inspiring powerful, people yeah. sounds so lame. And I think, I've, I'm like you, I've always had this real urge to just Oprah the shit out of things <laughs> or Brene Brown and just and talk about your struggle and how you overcome it and silver lining. I don't know. I just, I think I've always craved going a little bit deeper and a little bit. Further out, talking to really interesting people who've got incredible stories, and I don't know how that looks. I really don't. Well,
1: lucky for you, though, we no longer live in a world now where some guy in a suit needs to, like, tell you that you're good enough to have an audience. Like, you can do that for yourself. So it's up to you. And, of course, you're going to be fine. Of course you're going to find it out, work it out. But
0: it is scary. It's, like, finding yourself again. And it's, like, kind of rebranding and, like, who is Polly? Or am I Polly? Am I PJ? Like, yes.
1: And it's on you. There's a certain comfort in someone telling you you are worthy of a three-year contract that will pay this much for this hours. You know what I mean? There's a yeah. comfort in that. and It's a cool, I've been validated and I'm here and I des- belong to be here, belong to be here, deserve to be here. Um, <laughs> as, yeah, great. Yeah. I'm a great broadcaster. As opposed to I now need to f- make my own way and believe every day that I'm worthy of this. I mean, it's totally different
0: yeah yeah and do you find like it's sort of mastering the balance because yes I've always been someone who's probably been more told what to do yeah and I kind of just go with it yeah. and so now I'm like okay <laughs> is is something just going to pop up or do yes. I have to create it do I chase like, it? yeah like ugh, it's it's a but fine bring balance. it on I'm like
1: I'm a bit further ahead than you because I kind of like, you know, I had decided to leave a year ago and set things up from a year ago. And I'm now discovering, oh, I am talented enough to do this on my own and I can get something sponsored. and Like I can exist in this world.
0: And that's such a big part of it. It's That is the biggest part, eh? it's just knowing you are worthy and that you've got the talent but – You're so used to being told, oh, this is great. This is good. And that arena that when you go into your own, you're like,
1: I don't, I don't know. Am I supposed to decide
0: this? Am I? Is it up to me to just give myself all the compliments? Like where is this going to come from? (laughs) It's so
1: true, man. Because
0: for so long we had it easy and it was also hard, yeah. but we
1: kind of, we, we existed within an ecosystem and we had a place. Mm. But I think, God, it, it feels way better when you do it on your own and it, and you realise that it's working. And I'm, you know, I'm tend to be more challenging to about, but know, more rewarding. Totally. And, you know, I think, you know, you're going to be fine. <laughs> I think it's going to feel even better and more exciting and- <laughs>
0: What yeah. if I just end up at the local farmer's market with my own eggs? Because yeah, But chicken you'll love it. Cream, you'll only do that if you love it.
1: And if you it really yeah, is know. satisfying you, then bloody brilliant, man. That sounds like a great yeah. life with your hot well, soon-to-be husband and 4,000 cute animal pets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh like, God, my dog is just on our brand-new, like, oatmeal-coloured couch. Yeah, no, you need to be she is cup, just brother. way too comfortable.
1: Come on, darling. I know you're better than this. <laughs> well, I, for one, am so excited for you, and um, you know, it's. I think determination, guts, and bravery always pays off, and you've certainly done that, and you've done it in a way that's, you know, like you've maintained respect, and you've done it in a res- like in a beautiful way, and you, you know, you've left well, Aww. and not many people can leave well, so I think you need to be really proud of that, and know that you know that'll pay off.
0: Well, I also think it's just acknowledging that you know, where I've probably got to, it's because of everyone along the way as well. It's not just yeah. me. So you don't want to burn bridges because at the end of the day, you're going to work with a lot of people and it's about respecting them, I think. And yeah. not being a dickhead.
1: Yeah, and if you're going hear they come to you with an offer for a lot of money, you're probably going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Give I've a been in my life and I'm a hippie now, but I will, yes, take that job. Give me the money. Thank you. I'll need that money in advance in my bank account today and I'll need business class flights to the city for
0: that. Thank you.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm in. I'm in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, I hope that was as entertaining to listen to as it was to be a part of. It's always a good feeling to speak with someone whose experiences um, match yours or mirror yours. It makes you feel less alone. That's certainly how that felt for me. I hope PJ's story inspires you to make the call you need to make in order to have a life that looks a little bit closer to the one that you dream of. Love you, PJ. Thanks for hanging out. Today's episode is brought to you by Bliss, self-care your way. And don't forget... Head on over to my socials on Instagram, ash__london, for your chance to win a $200 voucher for you and one for your friend. If you like today's episode and want to support the project, I would love it if you'd subscribe and leave a review. But more importantly, I want to hear from you. Shoot me an email anytime, hello at ash.london. Big love. See you next time. Audio production on the Ash London podcast is by Dom Evans.